You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Three Mall. Hello and welcome into another edition of Three Mall. I am John Kurtz, joined by Derek Young from K-State Online, Cole Manbeck, former beat writer for the Manhattan Mercury. As we get you ready for Farmageddon today, people. Farmageddon. And uh, look, I know Iowa State fans are known for drinking a bunch of Bush Light. I know that you guys have more class than that. I know that we are a more sophisticated fan base. And because of that, you need to get out to uh, see our friends at Holiday Distillery, the great products that they offer. Ben Holiday bottled and bought bourbon, 360 vodka, uh, whichever your poison of choice is. Make sure that you go out and support them. They are great folks who support our pod and uh, our great cat fans as well. So Ben Holiday bottled and bond bourbon, 360 vodka. Maybe you can introduce that to uh, a Cyclone fan this weekend while they're out at uh, Bill Snyder Family Stadium and help uh, help sophisticate them a little bit. Class it up. Class it up for the clones with uh, Holiday Distillery. Uh, okay. I'm not sure how much excitement that we really had for uh, Farmageddon on the the show the other day. Coming off that that KU win, do we feel like Cole that uh, that you're dialed in appropriately here for Iowa State? Well, you're muted. Not so not locked. Not not locked in. It started off on mute. Uh, yeah, no, uh, di- dialed in for the uh, the clones. Look, it's a it's a big opportunity to get to nine and three. Um, it would actually be if you look at like Brian Freemouth's FEI ratings, it'd be K State's third best win of the year. Iowa State's thirty three in the FEI rankings for his uh poll, and they're right around there. And most of the power metrics of uh different who's analytical best, guys. Who's the, who's the second best one? Yeah, Dy, I love this. It's Troy, thirty one. Uh, you know, they are nine and two. I think they've won like eight in a row. They're gonna probably win this weekend to get to 10 and two in advance to the Sun Belt Conference Championship game, where I believe they'll play James Madison for a chance to get to 11 wins again. Not James Madison, they can't play for it. Oh, so what App State? I, I don't know my Sun Belt division, so I'll have to uh lock into that. <laughs> uh, yeah, disappointing, I know. Out the top of the show, are you dialed in? The answer is no. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, pod podcasting like a Chiefs wide receiver right now. Ooh. Wow, that's a really low blow right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, the, don't forget, guys, that Chris Kleiman does not care for Iowa State. So, I think the guys will be locked in. Uh, senior day. You know, big opportunity to have a chance to get nine regular season wins again, seven and two in the league, regardless of the Big 12 championship outlook and probably being eliminated by that time of kickoff on Saturday night. And also just the chance to get to 10 wins with a bowl. So I'm sure they'll play that up and I think they'll be locked in. Now the atmosphere with the weather, we can talk about that, but uh, I don't know what that'll be like. And and that might create a little bit of an advantageous atmosphere for iowa state just because it might take some of the fans out of the game if the weather is uh, snowy but that sounds fun to me well i was gonna say just just a little bit of snow where are we worried about a little bit of snow for everybody I feel like I feel like k-state fans are a pretty tough fan base i am it is slow okay i only worry about the so 7 p.m kick you got a lot of people driving from like western kansas that's already a hard kickoff time and then it's thanksgiving weekend and then you add in cold the the low the high now is 35 they keep moving it down and the low is 17 uh according to the weather app on my phone that i just checked 
It does look like they've decreased the snow amount for Manhattan. It was saying, you know, one to three inches, and now it says around one inch of snow expected. So, hey, I love snow football, man. So I, I just hate if it impacts the crowd at all for the seniors on senior day. I, I want it to be a good atmosphere. And also you got to remember a lot of the students aren't back because of Thanksgiving break and the, the dormitory is not being opened up. I believe last year K-State opened the dorms early a day for KU because that was such a big game and clinching to go to the Big 12 championship. But I don't I haven't heard if they're doing anything like that this year. Wow. So Iowa State disrespect. Iowa State's not good enough to, uh, to open up the dorms, huh? Yeah. Yeah, not worth it. My my worry is not necessarily for the crowd. My worry would be the weather impacting the game. Um, the wind probably more than anything, so we'll see what it comes of that. These two teams all already play a lot of tight games, and I think poor weather is probably more conducive to a tight game. And you do have Kansas State coming off the you know the emotional high of being KU that they really basked in the glory of afterwards. So. I, I think we're kind of seeing a mountain of factors coming into play that would suggest that this is going to be tighter than folks probably want it. Well, that that leads me right into uh, headline number one, which was just will will K State's heart be in this game as we discuss whether or not our hearts will be in this game. But you know, I mean, it was interesting to hear Kleiman call out that he's not wrong as we just addressed. Troy was the best win that uh, Brian Freemouth said K-State had before the, the Kansas game, but he called the KU game a signature win for the season. Uh, we know that there was a lot of celebrating after the game. Uh, can they refocus? What, what was the vibe that you picked up on, on Tuesday, Derek? I, I think it, I, I couldn't really tell. But I'm I'm kind of skeptical. But I will say this team, after both emotional highs and losses, has been pretty good. Where's your concern level, Cole? Iowa State's got a good defense. Um, Rocco Beck actually been playing decent at quarterback as a redshirt freshman. I didn't know who Rocco Beck was coming into the season. Honestly, I, I thought they had a JUCO quarterback or a JJ Cole would be who they'd have to go to the, the true freshman. He's played pretty well. Um, now, they're not a good running team, so they've struggled to run the football all year. And so if the weather conditions aren't ideal, they actually rely more on the passing game. I think that helps K-State. But it's just it's turnovers. K-State's been taking care of the football really well. If you look at the last six games for Iowa State, they're also taking care of the football well. They only have four turnovers over the last six games, just like K-State, who has four turnovers over the last six games. And uh, though. Coincidentally, both teams are tied at number 11 in the country in turnover margin at plus nine. And so when we talk about the weather to what DY just said, weather creates fluky things, even more flukiness with turnovers and a ball getting punched loose or slick football if it's wet. And uh, that that would be where concerns lie is fluky things. K-State's the better team, but does that create opportunities for Iowa State and more neutralize the field out there? So uh that, that would be. But I, I will say, D.Y., in concerns to wind, it says wind's light and variable on Saturday. That, that, and that's been back and forth. So I guess I don't necessarily you're going to lean on the weather forecast. Or, you know, we're here recording this on Wednesday because at one point it was three inches of snow. Now it's one um, temperature fluctuating. So that, that weather forecast could be a lot different come Saturday as well. Agree on the running game, but a few days ago, or a few days ago, a few games ago, was it Abu Sama that ran all over somebody, though? Yeah, it's against, yeah, it's against BYU. Um, oh, you know. it's like it's all over that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, BYU, like, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I was State last year. I was State last year, and just diving in a little bit early to the offense defense, like we did last week. I was State last year, averaged three point two yards per carry, which ranked one hundred and twenty second out of one hundred thirty one FBS teams. They were one of the worst rushing teams in college football. They failed to reach the eighty yard mark in six of their twelve games last year running the football. Much of the same this year. I mean, there's five games they failed to reach the hundred yard mark in a game and they're averaging 3.7 yards per carry which is 106 in the country so once again struggling to uh to run the football their leading running back is eli sanders who has less than 500 yards rushing on the season and then sama is coming on dy uh, he has 56 carries for a little more than 300 yards he has six yards per carry but a large number of his yardage came against byu uh headline number two for me is going to be just the the difference that this game can make in how we view the season um nine win regular season second straight year nine and three it, it would you know to be able to say hey this was basically the exact same season that you had last year except i would say even a, a slightly better non-conference loss with the the game at mizzou as opposed to tulane at home last year and gives you a chance to uh to put together the 11 10 win season in uh, the last not just school history but in the last 29 years uh so you know almost a third of the time there if you go back the last three decades it would be a a 10-win season for K-State if you can put this together. But then you lose. Not only is it leaving all that off the table, it's 8-4. and four. It's, kind of, it's like back to the, the first climate regular season in 2019. Just feels like it, it devalues the season a little bit, and you're losing to a rival. And you look at the end of the year and say, hey, the Kansas win was great, but outside of that, the metrics say Troy was the next best win. So what, what really happened this year? I, I do think there's a pretty significant difference in how the season is viewed, whether or not you win this game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I in, in a way you could say Aiden Forest only game worse than last year, and you lost Deuce, Felix, three guys that are on NFL rosters from your secondary. So, at the end of the day, the the appropriate perspective is probably like they were they were fine. But nine and three, you really come back and you can say you had the same record, even though you lost all of that NFL talent. Um, and you were able to be both KU and Iowa State, which I think is probably pretty significant because both are going to be 500 or better. Um, obviously, the Jayhawks are better, and, and the Cyclones are a lot better than what we thought they would be you know, at the beginning of the season, so I think that's significant. At the end of the day, look, I don't think the scenarios are likely, but you also keep yourself in the Big 12 title hunt. Um, now, actually, I guess I shouldn't say that. You don't know that because all the games that are – that matter before or matter to you in that scenario happen before you play. So you'll know by seven o'clock if you're playing for a big 12 championship or not. So that'll be interesting in itself, but uh, and a nice little finish, right? You, you go off on a three game winning streak at the end of the season and, and give yourself a chance to win for consecutive seasons at 10 wins. Just like last year. I will just say, I don't know that 100% you'll know for sure because I'm not sure that the Big 12 will know exactly for sure the time the game kicks off at 7 based on what's happened, what the scenarios will be because right now they're giving people answers like, oh, more information later when people inquire about specific situations and scenarios because they are just bozos and don't know what the hell they're doing. Even that press release at the end, it says, and if Texas loses, hell, we don't know. That's basically yeah. what it was. Yeah. So, you know, it could be like the game's kicking off and like, hey, boys, we better just go take care of business because we don't know what all your mark and company up in the old Big 12 offices and, and Irving are going to figure out. Your, your, remember before the season, your mark it was like, Joey McGuire, I'm going to be there in Austin, so you better bring home a win. Now he's probably thinking, you know, to, to avoid the confusion, I, I kind of want the Horns to win now. 
Yeah, either that or maybe they just don't care. I, that's what I can't figure out. Like, I, do they do they just not care and they think that nobody else really cares because they have this championship belt that they can throw out there and like you know these fan bases won't be incensed if you screw they'll up. Just, I just I don't. They'll, it's bizarre. they'll just blame it on all of us for interpreting right. it wrong. It's not I, I, I I think I think I need to get an interview with Scott Draper, guys. He's the vice president of the Big Twelve Office for Football, and as I'm looking at his bio, it's no wonder this is a shit show. I mean, this guy came from the American Athletic Conference. So, you know, Draper oversees daily sports management operations for the Big 12 football, including scheduling, oversight of the conference championship game, and officiating. <laughs> Man, this guy sounds like my worst enemy. Speaking of which, I saw Earl Walton officiating the Marquette-Kansas game last night, and I couldn't sleep last night because I had PTSD from seeing him on my television screen. So, uh, by, by the way, rough few, rough few days for the Jayhawks. Well, they uh, Earl, Earl Walton, by the way, the uh, the official who got Keontae in foul trouble against FAU. Yeah, well, I, yeah thank you for uh, giving the context of that. KU so, did, did lose by 13. 14. Yeah, I watched the game. Marquette's good, man. Those guys are flying around. Um, uh, yeah, so anyways, yeah, Scott Draper seems like the guy behind all these rule changes and the mess. So I think we need to get him on three mall. Though you didn't get a comment from Bob Berta back, did you, Jock? <laughs> Thanks for calling that out by name. No, I did not. I did oh, not. Sorry. Well, I Bob Berta didn't reply to comment. Head of Big 12 Communications. People need to know that there's no accountability or transparency in the Big 12 office, and people need to know that 3Mall will no longer be allowed at football Big 12 media days for the way that we're talking about the Big 12 office. So, yeah. Anyways. I, I think they knew that there was zero accountability on this front without, without that tidbit, but now they definitely know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I think I basically said, oh, look, okay, I emailed the Big 12. And and I was not the only guy, you know? I mean, I, uh, one of the Topeka TV reporters I saw asked the same thing about the specific line, if not line, and they just weren't going to respond to it, which, you know, you, you definitely know you have things figured out if you're just going to ignore all of that. Anyway, Cole, I uh, yeah. wrote it here. Your, your thoughts on uh, how differently the season will be viewed, 9-3 uh, and three versus 8-4. and four. Yeah, that's my fault. I veered us way off topic there. Yeah, I, no, I think it is a significant thing. I, I think going to take, getting into opportunity to win 10 games is significant. And you remember, like, in the Chris Kleiman's first couple of years, two or three years, and, and not that eight wins is a bad thing. But we were like, last year, can he get over the ceiling? Can he get to nine? Can he get to 10 wins? And if he can now back that up back-to-back -back years with nine to 10 wins, that's a significant thing to me. And so, yeah, and, and seven and two in the league. I looked it up last night, guys. I had it down in my notes. But if K State were to win this game, they would be fifteen and four in Big Twelve games since the start of last year. That would be the best winning percentage of any team in this league over the two year stretch. Texas would be fourteen and four, so same loss record. Um, you know, assuming they win out, but K State with that one extra win, higher winning percentage. So. You know, you could say that you've been the most consistent program in the Big 12 the last two years, consistently successful, even if you aren't in the Big 12 championship. So I think it's meaningful. Keep the momentum going. You had a great recruiting class last year. Keep the recruiting momentum going as well into the offseason here and to bowl prep. And so, yeah, and then you start looking at some of the young guys in this program coming back the next year with Avery Johnson and uh, some of the young talent, dynamic talent at wide receiver. Uh, I it's exciting. And so just to continue to build that momentum, I, I think winning nine, 10 games is significant compared to eight and four. You really lose a lot of steam. And then if you lose that bowl game, you're eight and five. It does not look like a good year at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I hesitate to associate too much 
significance to the bowl game, but point taken, point taken for sure. Uh, look, we told you earlier, if you're going to be out at uh, Bill Snyder Family Stadium for the game this Saturday, help culture our Cyclone fan friends with uh, with your holiday distillery booze, but uh, also you can help culture them by wearing your home field gear. Uh, home field's Black Friday sale is going right now through November 26th, uh, 20% off the entire site with the code Black Friday. So forget 3 bot 23 for now, just Black Friday, you're going to get even bigger discount. And uh, this discount goes for anybody. It doesn't have to just be your first time. Black Friday, the code for 20% off at home field. If you want to be like Derek and wear a Youngstown State Penguin shirt, uh, you can certainly do that. That is the choice that you can make on fieldapparel.com. It's a note to my last name. I had a pretty big week too, right? With all the uh, you know stress that I had given to KU and uh, came out on top. Young's Youngstown Youngstown State. Yes. Okay. I did not. I thought maybe that was going to be about uh, you know your Ohio roots and not necessarily your last name. But mm, Jim Tressel did coach there. Jim Tressel did coach there. Yep, he did. Uh, so did Eric Wolford, uh, former former Wildcat. Once upon a time. Now now the offensive line coach at Alabama. Uh, can I can I chime in, guys, real quick? Scott Draper received his master's degree from Madonna University. Madonna. There you go. Never heard of it. Hmm. Yeah. Does not seem legit. Was that one of those online universities? Do they do any sort of mathematical formulas? I'm going to check into their Excel spreadsheets and how they do their work there at uh, Madonna University and see if it's real. Maybe we can get him. Madonna seems pretty successful. I don't know. It seems like a good good move to me. Uh, biggest yeah. discount that the uh, Home Field offers all year. Don't miss out. Promo code Black Friday for 20% off at homefieldapparel.com. Get into all the K-State gear they have, over 40 different options for you there, and uh, 100-plus other teams that you can check out as well. We are back in just a moment. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire 
to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Senior Day. It is Senior Day at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, and I think there is uh, there's still a little bit of intrigue surrounding that. Um, I saw Derek point out that 25 are going to be honored, but there are only 23 seniors on the roster, and uh, that there will potentially be seniors who are not getting introduced either. Uh, Chris Kleiman said at the press conference on Tuesday, no conversations with potential super seniors until next week, so they are keeping all of that off the table uh, as they probably should until uh, until the regular season is done. But uh, how intrigued will you be, Derek, by uh, who gets actually introduced at Senior Day on Saturday? Uh, very, just because it could be, you know, a sneak peek into which seniors are going to come back for a super senior year and just what juniors are not going to stick around as well because that would be the suggestion since you have more guys walking than um, seniors on the team. Now, obviously, one of those is probably Ben Sinnott, I would imagine. Um, he's been in the program for four years because he did redshirt. So he's already graduated, I'm sure, and he's already accepted an invitation to the Reese's Senior Bowl. Now, I will pivot this and say, in terms of what super seniors can come back, the results could be that you can have a pretty solid defense. Now, I don't think Khalid Duke's coming back, but say Brendan Mott comes back. Say Uso comes back, Austin Moore, Keenan Garber, even Kobe Savage with Marquis Siegel, who's only a junior technically. Um, you're talking about a lot of returning standouts on the defensive side of the ball that have the ability to return. So in terms of guys coming back for maybe a super senior like you saw this year with what Phil Brooks, the offensive line was really offense heavy this year. I think next year the potential is that you could build a pretty stout defense by doing it that way. Well, of course, one of the uh, one of the names that we'll be keeping an eye on would be Will Howard, right? Do we have any idea whether or not Will is going to be introduced? I'd expect, I'd expect to. He's a senior already. Um, never redshirted, so it's his fourth year. But I, I, I tend to think that this will be a swan song at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Dy, who would you say? And John, leave this open ended for you. Out of all the guys that could come back for a super senior season or just come back in general. Obviously, we know Cooper Beebe, Ben Sennett are, are not coming back in all likelihood, but who else, like, out of guys that could come back, who would you prioritize or like to see back the most? I think the guys that I kind of mentioned, like Uso, Mott, Moore, Garber, and so is it The name that jumped out to me just because of the position that he plays was Uso, because I, you know, I guess, I, what is what is Javon Banks? So Javon Banks, but they're not even really using him at... at tackle are they just yeah. as a rush yeah. rush tackle right like he comes in and pass rush situations a lot yeah. uh, he's a junior he's a junior 
I think I mean, he's got three years. I, I like Ilalio, but you know, I, I would just feel better about defensive tackle, and that's such a hard position to to recruit, especially if you're talking about like trying to find somebody in the portal or something. I don't that that feels like that would be a pretty important one to get short up with a player that you know is is pretty productive. I I would rank it like I would have top two, and it would be Uso, and it'd be Kobe Savage at safety. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So those would be my priorities. Love to have Austin Moore and Keenan Garber back for sure as well. But I, I do think they have some talent in the linebacker room um, and, you know, also at corner. Now, I would say also that, you know, with the injuries, a linebacker, Austin Moore would take some pressure off the recovery of uh, Asa Newsom and, and Jay Clifton as well, just having a veteran guy back. That's true. Any Any feel for who might be most likely out of that group? Not really. I haven't gotten a good vibe on that uh, you know we did we've mentioned a lot of defensive players the offensive players besides will and cooper that could also return are trey sean ward okay Jaden jackson taylor portier oh yeah i i would say on the offensive side i'd love to have trey sean ward back uh you know and just keep that two-headed monster with dj giddens and him I mean, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, I forgot about Treshawn Ward in, in that equation. I would love that. Uh, you know, I, I have gotten questions, Derek, this week about Will Howard. I know we've addressed this a little bit before, but are we still in the, the same spot thinking that there's a – I know you said Swan Song at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, still thinking that that may be the most likely scenario here. Yeah, I, I, I do. I like. I don't know what he is going to do, and no one's outright told me, but, you know, talking to people, having conversations about it. I think there's, there, it would be a little bit of a surprise to me if he was bad. And I think, you know, look at it from Will's eyes too, through his lens. And he knows that Avery Johnson is right over that shoulder. And I think him looking over that shoulder a little bit this year, uh, anytime that he went through some struggles, I don't know that he would necessarily sign up for that again either. Yeah, that's cool. No, I think I think Will, in all likelihood, would probably check out the NFL, see what his possibilities are there, and then potentially, you know, if it's not the NFL, maybe look around and uh, move on. I, I don't think the two quarterback system with Avery and him has been easy on either of those two guys. And um, yeah, I Will walking probably on Senior Day. That's. Uh, that's a significant thing. I think you alluded to it earlier, though, D.Y., just because guys do walk doesn't mean they don't come back. I think Cade Warner walked um, a couple different, yeah, twice. So guys do walk on senior day and then choose to ultimately come back. And we know K-State last year had several guys that walked. I think K.T. Leviston, probably Christian all, Duffy. All those offensive lines. Yeah. yeah. Coming back to it, it's for Will Howard, it's probably NFL. And if not, you – he might want a certain starting spot. Yeah. I mean, the interesting, the NFL thing with Will Howard, I was thinking about it in the context of like, you know, I mean, Skylar Thompson's been able to latch on with a spot in the NFL here for a little while. And I, would we say Will Howard's been a better college quarterback than Skylar Thompson? Yeah. I just feel like from a performance standpoint, he probably was sharper last year. So I don't know if that plays into it. Well, I think it's in totality. Yeah. He has a bigger body of work of being, of being really sharp from last year for sure. Uh, Cole, Skyler Thompson or Will Howard, who would you, who would you take there? 
It's a good question. Um, you know, without looking at the numbers, I, I think I would lean toward toward Will. Um, you know, if we're looking at the last couple of years of each each career, and Will uh, Howard won a Big Twelve, so I think you ultimately pick him. But if you're, you're talking about like NFL stuff, it's probably a lot tighter. Skyler's a little more like natural athleticism, mobility, probably. Even though Will definitely can move and can run the ball, anyway. It's just an interesting angle on that because I think some people immediately would dismiss it like, oh, that doesn't really look like an NFL quarterback. But yeah, he might he might have a shot to uh, to latch I mean, on someone. Would be wishing yeah, the best. To, to your point, I mean, Skylar Thompson's on an NFL roster for the second consecutive season, so you know, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. Skylar went fully healthy. We didn't get to see Skylar. You know, he was always battling nagging injuries. Even that senior year, you know, he came back with the knee injury and uh, played through that, but he wasn't mobile because of it, so he was kind of a standing duck in the pocket. Um, but, yeah. Do have to uh, give everybody a reminder here. I, I forgot to do it earlier this week. Uh, on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash streamall, if you want extra content, you can get a completely unhinged uh, post-game pod from uh, after the KU game on Saturday uh, as we were all reacting instantly to a game that I think uh, I can certainly speak for myself. I thought was lost. That was pulled out of the fire. Uh, there's been a lot of basketball talk. If you're Jones in for uh, K-State hoops talk, we've had a lot of, uh, of Patreon content lately about that. So you can access all that for just five bucks a month. Uh, Patreon.com slash three Great way to support the show uh, here and get some bonus content for yourself. So we, uh, we appreciate everybody who's out there. I know Cole was taking a bunch of, has taken a bunch of videos too. He's typically giving you instant reactions. So there's all sorts of content on that Patreon page. Yeah. Do a lot. I uh, shoot guys. I think we had like four podcasts on there last week. DY and I went live after the uh, Providence game Friday night too, and did like a 40 minute pod, did a little 15 minute uh, Miami uh, preview pod on Sunday morning. So yeah, lots of, lots of content was out there last week and this week a little slower, but uh, pick back up here very soon. Well, I bet, I bet it will pick back up. And I also bet that if you want to bet, you should do it at DraftKings. Uh, there's so much to be thankful for, family, friends, food, and NFL football all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they've got it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can bet five on the NFL action Thanksgiving Day to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Stuck the landing on that one, guys. I feel like that was better. I'm getting I'm getting better. As we go with the uh, the DraftKings returns here, yeah. uh, Iowa State, Iowa State time, Cole. Uh, should we bet on the uh, on the clones being a, a decent to good team? That is my question to you because start looking at their resume. I'm like, wow, they beat Oklahoma State. 
Um, but their other wins are Baylor, Cincy, BYU, TCU, and Northern Iowa. And that was Oklahoma blasted. State. Well, they got good. Yeah, I got blasted by Oklahoma. You know, I guess you could say they hung tough with Texas and Kansas. I mean, Kansas was up 21-3 to in Ames. So, I don't know. I've just always kind of been like, Iowa State to me feels very West Virginia-y. Fair, yeah. fair comparison there. They're kind of in that caliber of team. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. I, you just mentioned it. Wins over five and six BYU, five and six TCU, three and eight Baylor, three and eight Cincinnati, and then obviously the win against Oklahoma State before Oklahoma State woke up on the season. So, yeah, and I think they're they're a pretty average football team, solid defense, but uh, I I don't know. It's it's a weird season for Iowa State because they started the non-con one and two and. You uh you thought they were really gonna just tank. They went four and eight last year, one and eight in Big Twelve play, and then they bounced back in league play, and now they're sitting at five and three in the Big Twelve with a chance to get to six Big Twelve wins, which is in large part due to a very favorable schedule that fell their way. But you look at Matt Campbell now, guys, over his last twenty nine games going into Saturday's game, he's twelve and seventeen overall. Uh they they lost four of their last six at the end of two thousand twenty one to finish seven and six, go four and eight last year and sit six and five right now as we sit today. So yeah, I mean John, it's a it's an Iowa State team that you look across the board, they're they're pretty average overall. You know, let's start with the offense. They're fifty fifth in yards per play at five point six. They average two point two five points per drive. That ranks fifty eighth. In the country, they're 33rd in Brian Freemouth's FEI offensive ratings, uh, 3.7 yards per rush. You mentioned, you heard me mention that earlier. I was a little bit off on where that stands nationally. It's 93rd nationally, but still not good by any means. And Eli Sanders, their leading rusher at 477 yards on the season. DY mentioned earlier, freshman running back Abu Sama, who has come on on late, had a really good game against BYU. Uh, 117 rushing yards per game, ranked 105th nationally. I mentioned earlier they couldn't run the ball at all last year either. 51st in pass efficiency offense, 12th in sack percentage allowed at 3.4%. So really good at avoiding sacks. Rocco Vectel has been sacked 11 times, 12th in the country at a 3.4% sack rate, 7.7 yards per pass that ranks 47th in the country. And then yeah, you look at Rocco Beck, he's, he's had a nice year for a redshirt freshman. 63% completion percentage, 7.7 yards per pass, over 2,400 yards passing on 317 attempts, 17 TDs, 8 interceptions. He threw for 323 yards and completed 75% of his passes against Texas last week while averaging a really impressive 10 yards per pass. Uh, and then they got a couple of, of really good receivers, 6'4", junior receiver who transferred from Eastern Kentucky, Jaden Higgins. 714 yards receiving on 42 receptions, averaging 17 yards per catch this year. He had 104 yards against Texas last week. And Jalen Noel, we know, obviously, K-State recruited him from Kansas City, 5'10", junior receiver who's second on the team with 581 yards on 57 receptions. He's got 155 career grabs for more than 1,400 yards. I mentioned the turnovers earlier, too. They've been taking care of the football, only four turnovers the last six games. And they're tied with K State and number eleven in the country in turnover margin. So it's a uh, I if the weather is you know murky you know if, if it's not great weather I don't know how Iowa State's going to move the football if it impacts the passing game because I don't think they can line up and just run it at you. You know I remember that I watched them play KU and Ames, and uh, Iowa State couldn't run the ball really at all on KU for the majority of that game. They really struggled. Their offensive line got beat up by that KU front seven. And so I, I just have a, 
a hard time seeing Iowa State being able to run the ball, even though K-State has struggled a bit against the run with the linebacker situation over the last several weeks. I agree about Iowa State's vulnerability in that area, but Kansas State's run defense might be more vulnerable than what Iowa State's running game is because you don't have Daniel Green, you don't have Jake Clifton, and you might not have Uso Sayamalo as well. So so Kansas State's run defense could be beleaguered just by – the condition that they are in the middle of their defense. The, the concern is, you know, this defense now on the season allowing 4.4 yards per rush, that ranks 81st in the country, but it, the numbers are better than what they really are because the three games in the non-con case they held their opponents to around like one and a half yards per carry. So really over Big 12 play, K-State is allowing more than five yards per rush, uh, which is yeah. not a, a good Although number. the success rate, I think, is a little bit better in there. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, you just jump in here and say that I think the the climbing update on Uso was basically questionable. Yes, yeah, essentially. Now, the stuff that I had heard was a little bit more negative than that, but they kept him on the depth chart. Climbing says he has a shot to play, so hopefully that's more correct than what I've heard. It's it's better news though than what it looked like. I mean, when he leaves the game and comes out not in uniform and in a boot, you'd think worst case scenario. Um, and it reminded me of the TCU game in the Big 12 championship last year. He got rolled up on in overtime um, or late in that game. And uh, I remember he appeared in Bramlage Coliseum and he had like, uh, you know, crutches and had his leg in like a big cast. And then he played in the bowl game, you know, a few weeks later. So hopefully Uso is ready to go. Looking at the Iowa State defense, guys, this is where their strength is. Obviously the three three five. Uh, defense, 36, 32nd nationally, allowing five yards per play, 1.74 points per drive. That ranks 33rd nationally as well. 31st in Brian Freemouth's defensive FEI ratings. 3.8 yards per rush allowed. So this is where you get a little concerned. Uh, they rank 36th in the country in uh, yards per carry allowed. And then they uh, last year allowed 3.1 yards per rush, which ranked 5th in the country and best in the Big 12. They've been good against the run year in and year out. And uh, if you look at run defenses, K-State's gone against Texas is 7th in the country at 2.9 yards per rush allowed. Troy is 11th at 3.1. Iowa State will be the third best rush defense that K-State has gone up against. 126 rushing yards per game allowed, ranking 33rd in the country. Uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, the KU game. Well, they also held KU's rushing attack, which we know is really good, to just 74 yards on 35 carries and averaging 2.1 yards per rush at the same time. They also gave up 287 yards passing on just 23 attempts in that game, an average of 12 and a half yards per pass, which is a really bad number. Uh, 4.6% sack rate, that ranks 108th nationally. J.R. Singleton leads them in sacks at three and a half, so they're not impressive at getting after the quarterback. They're 16th nationally in pass efficiency defense. That's going to be the best pass efficiency defense that K-State will have played this season. Six and a half yards per pass attempt allowed, ranks 20th. Uh, and some of their better defensive players are guys K-State recruited hard at junior safety, Bue Freiler. I might have mispronounced his name. Bo. 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 I'm sorry. Bo. Yeah. That's like, that's like when I get to the uh, when I get to the 1-800 numbers in the, in the DraftKings read, and I say like 1,800. Like, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Bo. Yeah, Bo. So uh, he leads the team with 80 tackles, also has three interceptions. Miles Purchase, a junior corner, that case they recruited as well, leads the team with eight passes defended. And then TJ Tampa, preseason first team all Big 12 pick in the secondary, seven passes defended, 40 tackles, two interceptions, good player, as is Jeremiah Cooper, uh, their safety. So 
Yeah. Uh, will K-State be able to line up and run the ball against Iowa State? K-State's 24th nationally, 4.9 yards per carry, 196 rushing yards per game, ranks 15th in the country. Can they line up and run it against Iowa State? We'll see. Uh, how would this defense compare to, like, the last couple years, Iowa State defense? I think same same caliber. What do you think, D.Y.? Yeah, I, I, this is same old, same old Iowa State to me. Um you got a really good defense, an okay quarterback, um, just not as good of a running game, but it seems to be on the upswing. I, I think what I would I would say, John, is not the one guy. The one thing they're missing is a pass rush this year, and and what McDonald last year now being gone, first round pick. Uh, I think that's an area, and then also they lost uh, one of their stud linebackers as well, so uh, they're they're not quite at the same level as they were last year. I was trying to find their defensive their defensive FBI ratings of Brian Freeman last year, guys, was number seven in the country as a defense. This year, they're 33rd. So they, they have taken a step back. They're not at the same level, but they're still solid. That's what I thought. I was like, it seems crazy because they were four and eight last year, but I was like, I feel like last year the defense was more dominant and they just, they had no offense. Um, so that's the difference this year. A little better offense, a little worse defense. But now it is everybody's favorite time. It is time for quick hitters here on uh, the preview pod. We're going to start with this. Uh, who will K-State's leading receiver be next year? And I'm giving you two options here. You got Jace Brown or the field. Jace Brown or the field. Who will be K-State's leading receiver next year? Phillip Brooks, Ben Sinnott, not going to be there. DJ Giddens is third on the team. I mean, he's a running back. I guess if you if you wanted to think that he would be the leading receiver, you could do that. But that'd be my question for you boys. Uh, I, yeah, I would, uh, man, that, that's a good question because Jace Brown has that big play capability averaging 18.6 yards per catch. I'll probably lean toward the field. Um, though I, I look, I think Keegan Johnson could have a big bounce back year next year. If he can stay healthy, I know that's the big if, but I also think Garrett Oakley could be a, uh, you know, just have a mammoth season at tight end as well for this team. I'll ultimately take the field. Cause I just think they're going to be, I think it might be a little deeper at wide receiver. Guys, I mean, I know they're losing Phillip Brooks, but I think Trey Spivey will be more ingrained into the offense. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if they go out and get maybe one transfer as well. So I'll, I'll take the field. I think the field is the correct answer. Jace Brown having to splash down because he's coming on the scene quicker. You wonder, you know, does his size at any point come into play as well? I think you have enough weapons and options there, especially with Keegan Johnson hopefully becoming what he was supposed to become uh, alongside Garrett Oakley, maybe some others. I think the field's the correct answer. I was going to make that point on Keegan Johnson. Like, you know, it's not like he's been lighting the world on fire necessarily, but he has been playing more and better. I guess it was only two for 17 at KU, but he had the touchdown, got a couple touchdowns in the last three weeks, around 150 yards uh, receiving the last three weeks. So yeah, hopefully that trend continues. I, I'm uh, with you. I think the field probably is the right answer, but if, if there's a guy that you would single, if I said, hey, you had to give me a name right now, I think Jace Brown would, would probably yeah. be the guy. I would go Keegan. I would go Keegan. I would, back go. I, I would go I would go Jace just because he's proven he can stay on the field thus far. Uh, but to, to your point on Keegan, he's got 12 receptions over his last three games. He had eight on the season going into this. So the fact that he's at least staying on the field and he's being an integral part of the offense is important. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, who do you trust more, 
the Chiefs wide receiver core to catch a pass that hits them in the hands or the uh, Big 12 to put together coherent conference championship tiebreakers? Oh, the Chiefs. They've released – you at least got guys that have won Super Bowls. Uh, the Big 12's got a bunch of dudes that uh, are woefully incompetent. Yeah, I'd probably take the, the Chiefs. You know, they only have dropped 26 passes on the year to lead the NFL. So, I mean, at least they get it right, what, like 75% of the time they catch the ball. So far, the evidence we have is the Big 12 can't figure anything out with the tiebreakers, so they're they're hitting a 0% accuracy right now for me. So I'll, I'll say the uh, the Chiefs wide receivers have a slight more bit of trust. Boy, I, I I don't know about that, man. I mean, I don't trust either of them. That's that's the point of the question. But I, what are you seeing from the Chiefs receivers that makes you trust them in any way, shape, or form? I mean, that's two games that they just the Detroit game and the uh, the game the other night that they, they, against the Eagles they've just single handedly lost with some flat out awful drops. I mean, I don't. The Marquez Valdez scaling one was so gross. It was. But it was. as a Packers fan, I know how that one feels. He did that all the time at Green Bay. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, which upset is more likely to happen? I think we'd like to see both of these happen. Which is more likely to happen, TCU over Oklahoma or Texas Tech over Texas, both of those games being played at the favorite's home field? And on Black Friday. Both games are Black Friday games as well. I'm going to say TCU just because they, they've had a rough season, but the talent – is pretty much there it's just for some reason the pieces haven't fit together this year and makes you question you know was it a first year kind of luck there for Sonny Dykes because the rest of his coaching career is like eh, who is he but I'll, I'll say TCU and that's more of an indictment on Oklahoma being the most vulnerable almost every week slight slight lean here to TCU and uh, so TCU's I don't know if the players care that much about getting to a bowl but it's not a great look to make the college football playoff and then go five and seven in the ensuing year and not make a bowl game for Sonny Dykes Uh, so they're fighting to get to a bowl here and then the other aspect is and I know Brent Venables has made it sound like he's fine but if Dylan Gabriel doesn't play you got a freshman quarterback in Jackson Arnold a true freshman you know, how we know he's super talented, was a high-level recruit, but that OU offense just wanted to hand the ball off when he was in the game yeah, last week against they, BYU. They didn't act like they trusted him at all, which is no. a little puzzling to me to not give him a chance. I don't know, because yeah. there's a part of me, when that first happened, I was like, this might be the best thing to happen to OU, because I, yeah. you know me, I don't really think much of Dylan Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, so we'll see. if It sounds like Gabriel could play. Then you Sally, another head injury, though, and he's had several of those, it seems like, it, uh, in his college football career. That's why I'll take TCU. But I do think, guys, I, I'm i excited kind of to watch that Black Friday night game against Texas Tech and Texas. I think Texas Tech, yeah, that's going to mean a lot to Joey McGuire, and I know they're already 6-5. and five, They're going to a bowl. But I think Taj Brooks, they could script some sort of game plan to uh, try to control the clock and, and figure something out, even though it's so hard to run against that Texas that Texas front, which, by the way, Iowa State had nine yards rushing last week against Texas. Yeah. yeah. That, that's my thing, too. Like, as much as I think Texas Tech gets up for that game and, and can, they're the kind of the thorn for Texas in terms of teams rising up and pulling upsets in that matchup. But on paper, that's a terrible matchup because Texas can take away the running game. And if you really make Texas Tech throw, that's kind of been their bugaboo this year because then they'll just give it to you. So I worry about that. And look, we know Oklahoma under Brett Venables is the team most likely 
to fall flat on their face. Yes, I will, in Texas, I will give them credit. They have earned a lot of credibility for me this year with taking care of business in games like last week in Ames. I will just make this point. I feel like as far as the opponent goes, Texas Tech is probably more steady than TCU. Like TCU has had these wild swings, and so I can understand making the case like, hey, maybe you get a gem of a game out of TCU. Texas Tech just feels like steady, kind of plodding along. They're figuring some things out with with Baron Morton. Like they're doing all right, but then it, you know, same token, they beat UCF by one last week at all. So they, well, they just, the the problem with them is they need to run the ball to be good, that's and that's going to be literally. real. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be like literally every game that they played well because they've been able to run the ball. What 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 percent chance would you guys put on one of those three teams, Oklahoma State, OU, or Texas, losing on one of them losing? We know that only one losing won't oh, help yeah, K-State. Just one. Yeah, just one. I, to be honest, just one. I think it's fifty, or maybe even a little bit higher. I think no group's fault. So the opponents there, it's BYU for Oklahoma State. They're all at home, right? Uh, they're BYU all favored by yeah. They're all favored by fourteen or more. Well, I've got TCU at plus ten. Oh, are they? Yeah, and then twelve, right. twelve and a half for Tech in Texas. All right. Well, okay. So let's change it. Double digits. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I'd say more like 33%. I'd give it like a one in three shot that one of those three teams is losing. I think it's... I already gave mine, Cole. Yeah, Cole, we're waiting on you. Hey, sometimes John doesn't answer the questions that he asks. All right, back off. I'll say 40%. Okay. Cole's going to split the difference. Yep. Yep. Very brave. Very brave of Cole. Now, Um, who's the most likely to win? Well, we just did that, didn't we, TCU? No, which favorite? Oh. Oh, which favorite? I think it's, o- I think it's Oklahoma State. Uh, I'll, I'll say Texas. Texas and Oklahoma State are neck and neck for me. I'll I'll say I'll say Texas. I'll say Texas. Um, I don't trust Oklahoma State quite that much. Over under one and a half Big 12 teams will replace their head coach this offseason. So that could be either a coach leaving, somebody gets fired. I think, like, watch out for Dana Holgerson and Dave Aranda. As far as guys who could get fired, uh, we've seen Leipold, Kleiman, Gundy, and Campbell all mentioned for job openings out there so far. So if I put the over-under at one and a half, Big 12 teams replacing their head coach this offseason. You don't know where I'll, I'll say, excuse me, I'll say over, and I don't necessarily have the specifics on who it will be, but you have that many teams anymore in this era of college athletics with the way teams change coaches and the way coaches change jobs it only being one would be a shock yeah i'll say over as well i think it actually could be close to i mean maybe even three i there could also be a guy like a neil brown who tries to do the dana holgerson right and you know capitalize on his eight and four season try to get a job elsewhere and get a fresh start uh considering where he was at going into the season on the hot scott seat Satterfield too, yeah that's the i forgot about scott satterfield what a disaster yeah that, well that, yeah, i mean that, that looks like a disastrous hire but i don't cincinnati doesn't strike me as a that's why i didn't bring him up because like since he doesn't strike no. me as a place just bail on a guy after one year no, uh, i don't think that they would i know i'm a little hesitant on thinking Baylor will bail on Dave Aranda. I think they give him another year, but these things are, you don't know. And now that you've already transitioned to the Big 12, I could see Houston get, you know, moving on from Dana, though. That feels like the most likely guy to to be a mover for me. I mean, it feels like they're kind of tapped out on him. 
they're not finishing the year really strong. I guess maybe I should have put the over under at two and a half. I can tell you how I got to this number. It was originally going to be how many head coaches get fired in the Big 12. And I was thinking like putting the over under at one and a half. But I was like, ah, I feel like that's a pretty easy under. So then I was like, well, let's talk about guys changing. at BYU? They've been. Yeah. I mean, I know there's, I, ju- judging the tempo of BYU fans that I interact with with the YouTube show, I mean, they're not. They've had a strong year in a while. Like, yeah, they're, they're not. Well, I think it's been two back to back pretty rough years. And then it was Zach Wilson before that, right? They had a nice year. Yeah, they still probably underachieved with him, but yeah. Okay, finally, uh, the streak is now 15 years old. So, yeah, I was thinking about this. I was like, you know, you're 15. It's about the time that I got my first job. It's time that uh, this 15-year-old starts producing around here. So what uh, what part-time job? What should the the first part-time job be for uh, for the streak now that it's turned 15, Cole? What do you think? Puts to work at a, at a grocery store. I'm sure it can get the it can get the restricted license now, so it can drive to and from uh, work and school. Uh, you don't have to be in the car anymore. So upgraded from that learner's permit with the win this year. Part ten. D- uh, John kicked it to me, but I'm gonna let Dy go first because uh, I like I, I, No, I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought you come up with great questions. I don't like this one. <laughs> I, I'll say what mine are. I, I what my were. I, I sold phones uh, for Sprint when it was still a company and not RIP dead. Um, so you could sell some phones. What else did I do? Oh, that's very that's oh, very key to the city of you. Yeah, well, it was even in Ohio when I did it. Um, wash dishes for a restaurant. You know, wash dishes. Huh? I I started umpiring little league baseball games and throwing coaches out of games at the age of twelve. So. You know, that was uh, making $10 an hour or $10 a game, you know. Yep. You bail some hay, we're in Kansas, right? Uh, look at you, you worker. Yeah, you know, I I think you should do what – the street should do what I did uh, at that age at 15 and work in a uh, thrift store, thrift store, grocery store in Rossville, Kansas called Wieners. <laughs> did you That's get your first uh, – so, so, some, some people get their first boyfriend or girlfriend at the age of 15, right? Yeah, do that. Uh, I know I was a loser, um, but uh, yeah, it, fun working at Wieners and having a shirt that said Wieners on it all the time. Not a sponsor, could be. Maybe Wieners. Shout out to my hometown grocery. Yeah, go use, use your old connections there. Let's get a, right on right on Highway 24. Uh, you know, and Cole's yeah. offensive defensive breakdown brought to you by Wieners. Wieners. Something tells me we might only get about fifty dollars from that sponsorship, but uh, you know, hey. Well, shout out, shout out to uh, shout out to the high V at 135th in Antioch, man. I worked in the high V kitchen for like seven years uh, in high school. Oh, the Liberty Gathering Place in West Liberty, Ohio. Still employs my brother, so on okay. a sponsor cookie. Here we go, man. Set them all up. Let's get all all the old uh, all the old grocery stores. Nick Nick says he worked at Brahms. That actually sounds like a better job than uh, any of us. That'd be pretty sweet. Get some of that ice cream. Probably eat a bunch of ice cream. Yeah. Uh, all right, we have a little bit of drama here with the lead pipe lock of the week, and it's because I have been completely sucking. Uh, that that's really it. I am O for the last three, which has drawn me from five and two to five and five. Now the good news is Cole also lost last week, so he is still one game back of me. But Cole has a chance to tie in uh, in the final week here. Cole missed on Houston last week. I I just barely missed Texas Tech. Damn it, it was two and a half. You couldn't give me an extra field goal in there. You win the game by one. Uh, and D.Y. hit with Florida, uh, even though they couldn't quite seal the deal. 
over uh, Mizzou. So DY's three and seven. He's two games back. At least DY's turning into a respectable finish here. It's a winning streak. First winning streak. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been getting screwed on the Big 12. I've been off on the Big 12 the last couple of weeks. So I wanted to pick West Virginia minus eight and a half at Baylor because I just think Baylor is just cashed it in. Um, but I'm staying away from that because the Big 12 has led me astray here recently. So I'm going to go with Clemson minus seven at South Carolina. I know it's a rivalry game, but Clemson, DYC, you cringe. Clemson's won three. They beat Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, and North Carolina three straight weeks, man. They're they're really rounding into form, and they're going to be in revenge mode uh, from last year. So they've got all the motivation in the world for this game. I, I like Clemson to, uh, to win that game with ease over uh, their in-state rivals. I am going Big 12. Um, I thought about Rutgers plus one against Maryland just because that's a kind of a stinky line with the way Maryland's played this year. And Rutgers is only a one-point dog. And Maryland's coming off, you know, kind of having Michigan on the ropes there for a bit. So I thought that maybe be a letdown spot for the Terps. Ultimately, I chose to go UCF. Minus 13 and a half against Houston. Look, I think Houston, they had Oklahoma State down. They were probably feeling really good about themselves as well. Kind of empty the take there to to maybe upset the Cowboys. Didn't come through. Now you got a UCF team that I think is probably playing some of the best football they've played this year. So I like the Knights minus thirteen that. Yeah, yeah. I'll take TCU plus ten against loser boy Brent Venables. <laughs> I like that. Did you did you come up with that just now as you had your head down furiously looking through? <laughs> yeah. right. Darn this darn YouTube showing that I'm scrolling all the games. Really making our listeners, you know, really feel confident in the picks as they're looking at me like, uh, Cole clearly did not research this week and he's scrolling through. And plus, I also thought the line on TCU was like 14 earlier. So, uh, you know, really showed my research there. But I think TCU will give them a bit of a fight. And, uh, you know, I, I, that's that's who I'll take. I, I mean, I like that game going into the weekend. Did you like my UCF pick? What, uh, so I was I I didn't listen to you because I was trying to figure out my game uh, UCF I don't UCF like minus thirteen I think over Houston yeah yeah I think that's I think, good I think Oklahoma State minus some Houston's battleship yeah and I think UCF cares about bowl eligibility they want to get that sixth win I think they'll come out motivated and Houston's quit yeah I said UCF may play their best football of the year their last four games. I mean, you blasted Oklahoma State. You took Texas Tech to the wire. You beat Cincinnati. I mean, it's a team starting to come into form a little. Yeah. The other reason I uh, like TCU is 11 a.m. kick, Black Friday, morning game. Norman think it's going to be a little flat. Uh, I think the Horned Frogs will give one heck of a fight. I do. I think that's a one-possession game. I really- I like, uh, yeah, you know what As I think about it? I think Oklahoma loses the game. Is Chandler Morris going to play? They're. I, we already went over this, but they're the most likely – Team and yeah, mean Dylan Gabriel, right? No, I mean for TCU is like Chandler Morris. Any chance that he comes back and plays in this game instead of Hoover? I don't know. Are they better with Chandler Morris? Chandler Morris played. Chandler Morris had uh, four passes against Baylor last week. I don't know. Gives me comfort that he's there. So uh, does it? Chandler Morris is Chandler Morris better than Josh Hoover? Oh, Josh Hoover went twenty-four and twenty-nine for four hundred twelve yards last week against Baylor. Wow. That he's thrown for 400 yards like three times. Yeah, he's up and down. He's up and down. All right. Well, that man, TCU is winning. So I think the problem, they're the most likely team to win. That, that That's happening. And then K-State fans are going to start to get a little hope as the day goes on. And then Texas gets Texas Tech. So. Yeah, but then, but then you'll, you'll still have hope with Oklahoma State-BYU, even if Texas even if Texas wins. 
yeah, Cougs, Cougs rise up, you know, fighting for bowl eligibility. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you could show some damn respect for the Cougars, okay? You've been trashing them on this pod all year long as I tried to, you know, hold up I, the glory of their name, and, and instead you've just been crapping on them at every turn. So now that we need them, can we? Can you say something nice about well, BYU, please? I, I, the only thing is I'll say is I don't know which Cougars are better, Houston or BYU. I can I can say something nice about BYU because my sign guy and many of your sign guys, Josh War, is a BYU fan who has made some of the most fantastic signs. He's got my uh, three Maw and Wildcat script sign, and I've got six more in the basement. So uh, yeah, I, I feel bad for Josh that I talked poorly about BYU this year. I think That's BYU nice about their team. I mean, look, they rushed for 200 yards on Oklahoma last week. Uh, they rushed for 200 yards. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 that's pick six. They won the game. Uh, you know, they rushed for 200 yards and they ran the ball three straight plays to get to the one yard line and then dropped back and threw it RPO and uh, threw a pick six. So that hey, was. Hey, 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 hey. Positive. Let's manifest this. Okay. okay? All right. Manifest. No negative Cats energy. Plugs. Cats yeah. Plugs. Yeah. Well, but but I, yeah, I will say TCU is beating Oklahoma outright. In fact, I don't even want the 10, John. Uh, if I get the money line, do I get two wins there on the bet? On our, our sure. yes, I will give you two wins. Thank you. I will give you two wins. You're giving them a chance to beat you now. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna. I, I I was debating. I'm like, look, I know K State and Iowa State always seem to play really close games. It, it would seem to be probably a lower scoring game based on you know weather and who the teams are and all that. But I don't. K State has been so good at home. And particularly, like, offensively, they've been so dynamic at home. They're winning games by an average of 33 points per game at home. I'm going to take K-State actually to cover. I'll take the Wildcats 31-20. to 20. Yeah, yet the weather, the way these teams like to play each other, um, the the way these coaches kind of typically kind of devolve when they play each other, these two teams, the way they play each other, just I think there's a mountain of factors that lead this to be a low possession, kind of drag them out, boxing match so to speak between these two teams and the weather's not going to help k-state in the, in that way in my opinion i can't say wins but it's going to be closer than you know what people want it to be i kind of said that throughout the show i have it 21 to 14 yeah yeah i, I have k-state 66 to nothing <clears throat> so you know seems about right yeah like the sell, missouri like the missouri in 99 you sound like some of those mm-hmm. KU podcasts. I'm not alternate. I'm going to bet the alternate line. At, I'm betting the alternate line at plus two million uh, money line at uh, 66 points for K State spread. No, uh, I'll take K State and uh, what I do think. K State's average margin of victory 45 to 12 at home, and average margin of 33. I think this will be the closest game that K State does play at home. At UCF was right around there at 13. I think K State will win this game. Uh, 20 oh give me give me 31 to ah damn it that's john score did you, I was gonna say, did you do it i was gonna say i think cole i think cole did nothing this week okay that's he bullshit doesn't even know what his prediction is that that's something i just hadn't give thought to i have five pages of notes on iowa state that i pulled together while watching the maui invitational last night guys so all right i did prep on iowa state but i didn't think about my bet i didn't think about my uh my prediction on the actual score so but it's called, which is hilarious because the first part of the show, the very first thing we did, Cole or Kurtz asked, is Cole dialed in? Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, the answer, people, is no. The end. We uh, an hour into it, we now clearly know the answer is no. I, I will take K State thirty-two to twenty-one. I'm going to price is right, John, on both on the points, and, uh, <laughs> and I don't know how we're going to get to 32, but you watch. If it hits 32, feel good. By the way, check out the tailgate with Holiday Distillery in spot 778 on the west side of the football stadium on Saturday. Be there around 4 o'clock. We'll be there, and uh, come have a drink with us. And then Holiday bottled in Bond Burger. Well, well, we'll see. Cole will be there. Oh, I forgot. John is soft as a pillow, so uh, he may not be there because he – what? Is it too cold? Yeah, it's too cold for John. A lot of stuff going on, okay? A lot of stuff okay. going on. We're going to a house. I haven't had any time to unpack anything, man. And I'm already going to be in Manhattan on Friday. Like, I'm going to be out of town on Friday. So, anyway. I'll all right, figure. sorry. I, I, all right. I thought it was only dictated by the cold. I didn't know you had other things going on, too. So, I mean, oh, the group like, text between... <laughs> just moved into my first house? Like, come on, man. Yeah, well... Anyways, I'll be there. Yeah. So I just didn't want any false advertising. Okay. Uh, Curry, Curry, Curry Sexton will be there too. So he's kind okay. by. Yeah. So actually better. I mean, Curry and me versus John. So and that's a good. I'm, I wouldn't argue that. I wouldn't argue that at all. He's much smarter than me. Yeah. Uh, and, okay. Thanks to our friends at Holiday Distillery, not only for the tailgate, but they give me that 360 vodka, the Ben Holiday bottle and bond bourbon. Class up a clone fan. Uh, wear your holiday, your home field apparel, rather, Black Friday sale, promo code Black Friday, 20% off, homefieldapparel.com. Get out there. And if you're going to bet, do it on DraftKings, everybody. You're going to take the uh, the Cole Manbeck parlay of K-State minus 65 and uh, TCU money line. Make sure that you do it on, on DraftKings. I uh, appreciate Nick Springer behind the scenes. Thanks to Derek Young and Cole Manbeck, as always. I am John Kurtz. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.